happening. Welcome to the Bloody Bizarre Podcast. My name's Emma. I'm Sarah. Uh, welcome. Welcome. I said good evening because it's very late. It's not, it's not. It's 10 o'clock. That is so late for me. I'm usually well asleep by now. Yeah, I usually am too. This week's been crazy for me. You had a car nap at work. Yeah. On your lunch break. Yeah, I, um, I folded down one of my seats and I slept in the boot. <laughs> Uh, with my legs out and uh, so sad. And an umbrella over my feet so that no one could see me. <laughs> it's and the first thing that suffers when I when my sleep goes is my mental health. Um, you know this. You know that when I was working at the bakery, I was just like a zombie. Yeah, of a person. Mm-hmm. You need your sleep, but I don't even like. All I need is like six hours. Yeah, it's not like you need a lot of sleep. No, but you do need consistent. Sleep. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Uh, last week's episode was heavy and long. Yeah. And sad. And we apologize for that. This week's isn't much better. <laughs> Look, um, I don't think anyone is tuning in for lighthearted but, uh, fun. Yeah, up, upbeat. <laughs> yeah. But we look, if... if if, if you want weird, if you want weird and distressing and bizarre and... Skip back a few episodes. What's a few episodes back? I don't know, probably like Black Mountain or something. What was an episode that was fun? Oh, we have the survival story one. Go listen to Angela Hernandez. Oh, Miss Hernandez. That yes. was a good one. She, yeah, that was a great one. Um, if you I can, do say so myself. You can go back way back and listen to our pirate episode. That was like Aye. episode three or something. Oh, yes. That was a fun one. That was a fun one. Um, Black Eyed Kids was kind of fun. That was kind of fun. Uh, the, I did a heap of cryptid ones. Yes. That's what I was going to mention. The Yowies. Yowies. Yeah. There's fun ones every now and then. There's fun ones around the place. If you've already listened to them, sorry. Yeah, sorry. There'll be more fun ones coming, but um, today's is not that. Today's is very distressing. Okay. Uh, So if you're not in the right headspace for it, feel free to just not listen. That's okay. We won't be angry. What are you doing today? Today I'm going to tell you about the exorcism of Joan Volmer, which happened in rural Victoria in 1993. Hey, what month? I actually think it might have been January. I'll have to double check when I let's start reading. Okay. Early in the year. Again, where were you? <laughs> you just finished with Rackman and then you went across to rural Victoria and <laughs> the spirit of Emma and then it like jumped into the baby's body. There was some shit going on in Australia. I was in, born in, in 1993. January 1993. Yeah. Um, and a lot of these stories happen in January 1993. There was a shift in the world. Antichrist was born. <laughs> Um, interestingly as well, cause I was like, I, I tend to get on a theme Yeah. Okay. and I realized that, so what are the last few that I've done? Uh, Rack, cults. Rackman was the last one. No, no. Um, Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate was the Heaven's last one. Heaven's Gate and Rackman. Yeah. So all of them have had religious stuff. Oh. Today's one, religion, religion. heavy. Okay. Today's one was suggested by now friend of the podcast tim hey so hey tim yeah this was tim's first suggestion tim has suggested a few to us but this was the first one he suggested and it's the first one that i looked at okay and i hadn't heard of it and i started reading it and was like what the fuck and we've discussed before that that's pretty much the theme of this podcast i i love that (laughs) thank you tim anything you read that you're like what the actual fuck that's yeah. that's like prime for us to talk prime about for us. yeah yeah um bloody bizarre is what it is it's bloody bizarre so 
Yeah, I'm going to be telling you about the exorcism of Joan Volmer. My sources are a news.com article by Nathan Jolly. Okay. And you know how you have your Rolling Stones journalist? (laughs) So Nathan Jolly is one that I have regularly used. Yeah. Yeah. I I would love to meet the ones that I use all the time and just like, (laughs) let's talk. Yeah, you must have some really good stories. Uh, Disabilitymemorial.org, yahoonews.com, the podcast Case File, Episode 128. Case file, an Australian podcast, if I'm not... It is. Yeah. And the New Zealand Herald, the article Exorcism in Victoria. Today I'm telling you about the four-day exorcism of Joan Volmer that occurred in a rural town in Australia in 1993. Joan Volmer and her husband, Ralph Volmer, lived in Antwerp, a very small town in rural Victoria named after the uh, European city Antwerp. We've been Um, to Antwerp. Maybe. I've been to Antwerp. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> I thought you had. Is it in Rude? Br- Belgium? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've been to Antwerp. Yeah, I wanted to. I was meant to go there in 2020 and then COVID happened. <laughs> Sorry. Rude. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you'd been there. <laughs> um, Antwerp is 356 kilometers northwest of Melbourne. It's kind of between Melbourne and Adelaide. Sort of. A lot of people think that Adelaide is like dead center in the. Um, yeah, no, it's quite. It's east. so close to to Melbourne. Yeah. it's like it's close to the border. It's it's more east than it is west. Yes, or, or it's more east than it is middle. Um, for you, it's about so this place from Melbourne is about Perth to Geraldton. So when I say small town, this place had less than a hundred people living there. I think I read that it was like sixty or seventy, some something like that. Okay. Um, and when the events that I'm about to tell you about occurred between 1993 and 1994, it was still quite a religious place, which is interesting and I think fairly unusual for Australia, because I think a lot of people in Australia would identify as Christian or Catholic. However, overall, I think we're fairly secular and I also think there's like quite a good mix of religions. So I, I think it's unusual to have a place that is religion is like the center of the town. But apparently this town in 1993, the church and religion was, it was quite a central part of life there. Uh, Ralph and Joan had not grown up in particularly religious households, but they both got more into it after getting married. Ralph particularly so. Uh, reading the Bible and listening to hymns in his spare time. Yeah. Not for me. Like, I do not – I don't believe in that stuff at all, but I've got a very good friend who does. Um, Yeah, no, and I I would say that I'd just like to preface this story that you're going to tell with I'm going to be probably offensive with what I say. Just try not to be. I'll try not to be, (laughs) and I apologise if I am. All right. Joan and Ralph were farmers, spending most of the week tending to the farm and most of the weekend in church. Joan loved gardening and spent a lot of time planting her garden beds, and she even started a greenhouse on their property. Ralph had uh, emigrated from Germany during the war, and due to this upheaval, wasn't able to complete high school. Um, I believe Joan had lived in Australia for all of her life. Okay. Joan was described as a gentle and shy woman, but in the late 80s, early 90s, her demeanor changed. She started finding it hard to focus. She became fixated on things that had happened in her childhood and talking about these things in a childlike voice and started acting erratically. After being committed to a psychiatric facility in Ballarat, Joan was diagnosed with depression, anxiety, hypermania, and schizophrenia. 
I think it's also important to note that Joan Heard faced some traumatic events in her life, including alleged sexual abuse as a child and the suicide of her first husband when she already had children with him. Okay. She'd been through a bit. Yeah, yeah. Although her behaviour still appeared to be unstable, Joan was discharged from hospital. However, I've read that she was medicated, which had stabilised her and that she had stopped taking her medication upon being released. So I think it's possible that they had gotten to her a point where they were like, yes, she is okay, told her to keep taking the medication, but then she stopped taking the medication and things deteriorated. Which is common. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... While a big part of me wants to go, yeah, fucking typical, I think that it's possible that that was the case. Yeah, and look, they, I mean, all the, all the hospital can do is uh, get a person to stable and, and healthy, essentially, and then give them the tools to go on their way. It's not their fault. The it's, mental it's health system's fucked. We don't have the infrastructure. It's not for their it. fault. But where is it good? What, where, what model are we using? Exactly. Yeah. Where is there actually. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> what We don't want to get into a rant about yeah. this. You and I can. Well, once we finish recording this episode you and i can have a bit of a rant about this and we will yeah (laughs) we'll rant about a few things okay so instead of taking joan back to the hospital or accessing further help from professionals in light of joan's continuing strange behavior her husband ralph came to the conclusion that she must be possessed oh no he said that she would flail her arms around would yell and swear at nobody and took on the form of a pig and a dog which sounds like a lie but yeah, it's, it's probably a lie. She was probably like... Having a mental health episode. Having a psychotic break. Yes. She's been diagnosed with schizophrenia, bro. Yes. I, I'll i mention it here. I, I think I've written it later on, but I'll mention here that like, I'm being quite hard on him for not taking her back to see professionals, but apparently her time in the psychiatric facility was awful. She hated it. Um, yeah. And she had made him promise not to take her back there. Yeah. So I, I, I can understand him perhaps. Yes. Feeling like that wasn't an option. Ralph asked his religious fanatic friends what he should do. Oh no. Sharing his concerns that an evil presence had taken over Joan. Did he have a name for it? No, not at this point. Beelzebub. Beelzebub. <laughs> I fucking love that song. Me too. <laughs> I don't even know where the original is. I just like, like I assume it's some it's just really religious funny. thing. It's just really, it's really funny. funny. Um so his friends told him that he should pray for Joan, which he did. Okay. And for a bit she improved. I know. Obviously, this was just coincidental or no. psychosomatic. Yes. Perhaps, no, what it was. You know, Joan is- knew that he was doing that and so that was enough to sort of lift her temporarily. We don't. What we know about schizophrenia is that the psychosis takes on the form of the things that are around that person. Yeah. So Joan is around is around religion all the time. Her psychosis is going to take on the form of religion. If Ralph is saying, "Look, I'm doing this, praying for you. I'm I'm exercising the demons yeah. that are inside you. I'm doing this for you. like we're doing this all for you. This is going to make you. Better. This is going to impact on her psychosis. Yeah. Yeah. There's a very real placebo effect in like anything so if he says i'm gonna do this and this is gonna make you better that's enough to be a placebo effect yes for a a short period of time yeah 
Regardless, it was enough to convince Ralph that his suspicions about the cause of Joan's behavior were correct. Yeah. Ralph took it upon himself to try and rid Joan of the demons inside her himself to start with by first locking her in the basement and then tying her to the bed. And praying. And praying. Just That escalated so quick, though. Locking her in the basement and tying her to the bed. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I feel like I've skipped along a bit because this is quite long, but her behavior escalated. So that that is why he has escalated her behavior started to escalate he came home one day and she was out in the paddock flailing her arms around dancing calling in the middle of the night calling him to come out into the paddock he ushered her back inside and then she ran back out to the paddock and was dancing and she ran up the street and was found like there in a rural area was found up the street randomly but but like still to i don't know for for a quote-unquote normal person to jump to well, I, I need to strap this person to the bed. And not, pray. And not to, I need to take this person to the hospital. Well, it's going to get worse. Okay. So after these measures hadn't done anything but upset Joan, Ralph turned to the, quote, experts. Ralph contacted John and Leanne Reichenbach and also David Killinger or Klinger. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. This is this is par for the course for me. I don't think yeah, it is. It is par for the course for you, but I also don't think we need to respect him just based on whatever where I think we're going. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he did uh, contact these guys at different times. I'm just not sure of the timeline of who he called first and stuff. Okay. Um, but I I don't think it's particularly important for the story. So apparently these guys were exorcism experts. And they were all part of this group that Ralph had become involved with that was kind of like an offshoot of the Lutheran church in the town. They were very, like, fanatical about their religious beliefs. They were OTT. They agreed with his I haven't heard the term OTT (laughs) in, like, uh, like years. Yeah, well, what can I say? I'm old now. So Ralph believed that when he had prayed previously, he had sort of knocked the demons out for a short period of time, but he'd failed to cast them out, and so they'd now been reawakened. And I also read that not long before she started having this episode quite badly they had gone to some religious thing in adelaide so um apparently he felt that that had also possibly reawakened the demons that were in her apparently she had 10 demons within her Look, it's really sad because Joan was obviously going through a mental health episode. Her friend visited her not long before the events I'm about to tell you about unfolded and said she was acting strangely. She said it was the middle of summer, but she was rugged up. She was wearing a big dressing gown, was like yeah. really rugged up. But she said her hands were still cold. Oh, no. She told her, like me. <laughs> she told her friend she was pregnant and then that she had cancer. She pulled flowers apart. So the friend had brought her a bunch of flowers and she was like pulling them apart. She was singing in a weird voice. She was seeing people that weren't there. She was like pointing people out in the paddock and saying they were trying to attack her. Yeah, yeah. pretty clear, isn't it? Yeah, pretty par for the course for yeah. a mental health episode. So yeah, her friend, some kind of psychosis. Yeah. yeah. So her friend knew that something wasn't right and she, she talked to Ralph about it and was like, she's not okay. So you, talked you to need... Ralph about it? Yes, yeah, her husband. Okay, yeah. So instead of getting joined further professional help, Ralph, Leanne and John did the following. Leanne and John were husband and wife. They were part of this um, 
this church okay. group. And later on, there's also another person who's part of that church group. But the main the main people you need to know is Joan is the victim. victim. Ralph is her husband. husband. And then there's these like, extra people that were part of this church group. Apparently friends, sure. Yes. So they tied Joan to a chair in the house and started a prayer sesh. She wasn't given food or water. And anytime she tried to shut her eyes, they forced them open, apparently to confront the demons. Joan continued to struggle, causing David, he's the David Klinger, like the one I couldn't remember how to pronounce his name, to start slapping her across the face repeatedly. This continued for two days. Two days? Yeah. Did they sleep? Yeah, so they, they would, you know, in between, they would sleep, they would lie down, they would pray, they would... Was she able to sleep in the... I mean, I guess it's difficult. Yeah, I think she I think she was able to sleep, but, but it wouldn't be... But it's difficult if you're strapped to a chair. I mean, we yes. all know how difficult it is to sleep on a plane, in a plane seat where you can move your limbs, yeah. and it's, a, it's like a padded seat and stuff like that. And remember, they also think that she's possessed, so... Yeah. Um, David described it as a spiritual battle. I think David is a fucking idiot. I think David's a fucking idiot too. The group felt that they had successfully exercised eight of the demons, but... How did they determine the number? I have no idea. I I, I guess like she would... Fucking idiot. I guess that she would make a noise and they'd be like, there's one. There's one. Yeah. It's gone. Um, One One of them got tired and was like, I just saw another one leave. Yeah. Yeah. But they felt that two evil male spirits remained. Again, how the fuck have they figured that out? They're like, yeah, there's definitely a man left in there. As such, they called in another expert, exorcist. Expert in air quotes, I'm guessing. Big air quotes. Who had never actually performed an exorcism before. Matthew Nusky, I think. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he has or has not. But this guy was also like 24 or something. Uh, He'd never done anything. His mum was a part of this church group that they were in and his mum had said that he was um, spiritually sensitive mm. because they'd like been to a house before and he'd been like, I feel bad energy. A something. special little baby. Yeah. I bet he was the type that would be accused of like indecently touching a girl and his mum would be like, my baby would never do that. Yeah. Matthew ordered Ralph and the others to destroy all of Joan's belongings. Why? This included destroying the garden that she'd curated and oh. her, her greenhouse. They smashed up her vases. All of the things in the house that were hers that she loved, they smashed them up. Why? Because apparently he reckoned that they were imbued with evil and the demons that were within her. What a little fucking cunt. Yeah. Is that our first C word on this podcast? No, we said it before oh. in the, um, the elevator. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, after this, he wrapped cling wrap around the house seven what? times. A Hang roll on. of your normal roll of cling wrap. He walked around the house seven times. What a dickhead. Um, to protect the house from <laughs> other bad spirits who may have been drawn in by all of oh, the... Oh, sure. The, all of the devilish activity. They're going to they're, they're say cling wrap. A 30 centimetre... Yeah, it's a, a thin, a, a mere like point millimeter thin cling wrap, and then you'll be like, "Oh, it's enough to stop demons." It's gonna get awful <sighs> I now. Can't keep going, so. You think it's bad now? It's okay. it's gonna get really bad. Okay, Matthew beat Joan across the head multiple times and started smashing her head into walls. He instructed the others to sit on top of Joan as she struggled and begged them to stop. Matthew instructed the group to all sit on Joan and push down on her, starting at like her abdomen and working their way up, crushing her slowly from her stomach up, 
the idea was that they were going to squeeze the demon out of her. Like a Like it's the tube. last bit of toothpaste in a yeah, tube. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Instead, the immense pressure on Joan's internal organs caused, because they got right up to her neck and were pushing down on her neck like that, caused her thyroid cartilage to break and she started having a heart attack. You fucking idiots. Ralph and the others stated that Joan was frothing at the mouth and hissing, and they took this to mean that the exorcism was successful, not that she was dying. Even as she slumped to the ground and lay lifeless on the floor, the group was celebrating that they'd successfully exorcised all of the demons out of Joan. She lay there lifeless for a while. Ralph eventually got down and was like, "Mm, she's not breathing, checked her pulse no pulse so apparently they did try to resuscitate her but were unsuccessful and so they started praying over her instead two days later leah clugstone attended the home to find joan's dead body Who is that again part of this fucking weird religious all oh, right okay religious friendship group that okay. they had joan's dead body decaying on the floor she was covered with a blanket but remember it was summer <laughs> regularly 40 degree days surely Hang on, surely a religious family would be like, we need to bury this person and no. treat her with respect. Because God had told Leah that she could place her hands on Joan's body and she would rise from the dead. Shockingly, this didn't work. Wow. And so perhaps starting to become a bit concerned, Leah called a local minister for direction. On a sweltering hot 40 degree day, the minister arrived at the home to find the group eating lunch next to Joan's rotting corpse. There were flies in the house that were had started, uh, her body had started to uh, swell up. The minister called a doctor and the doctor and Leah, apparently Leah now had another message from God saying to call the police. So oh, they clever. fucking finally called the police. The group were arrested and they all pretty much said the same thing. Joan was possessed, an exorcism had taken place and been successful, and Joan would soon rise from the dead, demon-free, and thank them for saving her. Sure. Ralph told police that during the exorcism, he'd found out that Joan's parents had sacrificed two of her siblings and had baptised her in the name of Satan. Again, sounds like a fucking lie, Ralph. Uh, (laughs) Joan's family obviously denied this and have overall tried to keep out of the public shitstorm that has come from this they were just like um no joan's family are not religious joan's family aren't religious no joan wasn't religious until this happened until him yes they were like she married him they were like what the fuck no one of the group i can't remember who but one of them said that god had told them that joan would rise at her funeral i think that that might have even been ralph Ralph, anyway, apparently wholeheartedly believed this. And once journalists picked up on this story, which they obviously did because it's so fucking weird, um, he started telling them this as well and even invited them to the funeral to be like, come along, you'll see, she's going to rise from the dead. We'll, we'll all be proved innocent. As such, on the day of Joan's funeral, the church was flooded with journalists. And when Joan didn't rise from the dead, Ralph began sobbing, assumedly finally realizing what had happened, what he'd done. But on, I, I did also read that it took him about a year to actually fully get that she wasn't coming back. Hang on. You're telling me she didn't rise from the dead? Yeah, I know. Amazing. Shocking. All of those involved were charged with manslaughter. However, the magistrate ruled that there was insufficient evidence for them to stand trial 
But after public outcry, the Victorian Director of Public Prosecutions overruled this decision, and so they did stand trial. Leanne and David were found guilty of false imprisonment and manslaughter, and Matthew Matthew Nusky was found guilty of false imprisonment. Interestingly, the prosecution didn't try to outright deny the beliefs of the people involved. They didn't sort of try and say, well, demons aren't real, so none of this is anything. Um, But instead, they brought in their own religious expert to testify that the actions of the people involved didn't align with any religious beliefs or practices. They basically said this this wasn't religion. This was just fucking craziness. That's that's clever. Yes. That's good. That's good, like, Uh work on their behalf. Especially considering that this was quite a religious place. Yes, and and also, like, considering that this is – it would be so uh, such a touch, touchy subject yeah. for them to, to put on trial religion, essentially. Yeah. For them to say... To Ralph put- apparently made the comment, this is God on trial or something like that. Uh. Ralph was convicted of false imprisonment and reckless cause of serious injury. After her death, Ralph called Joan's sister and brother-in-law and instead of telling them what happened, he just told them she died slowly and they had to find out what happened from newspapers. She died slowly. Yeah, what the fuck? She died slowly, man. Okay. The most time anyone spent in prison for this was Leanne. Do you want to guess how long she spent in prison? Three years. Four months. Next after her was three months. Nobody else spent any time in prison. It was all suspended sentences. The lead detective on the case, Paul Sheridan, spoke to the New Zealand Herald about the case, describing it as the weirdest case he'd ever worked on. He said that all of those involved were completely open and happy to talk about all of the awful things they'd done to Joan because they genuinely believed that they'd inflicted those things on a demon, not on Joan, and that she would soon rise from the dead anyway, so it was fine. So they were just sitting there happily talking about what they'd done. Oh yeah, we did this. Oh yeah, we did that. Because to them, we didn't do that to Joan. We did that to the demon that was in Joan. We're trying to help Joan. The detective said, quote, that highlighted just how far out of whack they were with reality. Well, yes, quote. that's that, and that's what they would want them to believe. Joan and Ralph's house now sits vacant in Antwerp and is a popular place for teenagers to break into and hold seances. Teenagers and Emma and Sarah. <laughs> yeah, add that to the road trip yeah. list. We said last week we can't go to North Korea. That one's Off, a bit too far. But add Antwerp. Yeah. The house has actually had a couple of owners since this incident. I think Ralph sold it in 2001. So it's had a couple of owners, but nobody has actually moved in. It's just sat vacant. One of the locals, Ivan Pollack, who actually knew Ralph and Joan, said, quote, they're all scared of it. Not me, of course. It's just a house. But the people who own it don't want to live there, end quote. Mr. Pollack also said of the incident, it put Antwerp on the map, so to speak. People still talk about what happened in that house. What happened to Ralph, you ask? He didn't spend any time in jail. What happened to Ralph? (laughs) He remarried and moved to Queensland. Joan's family haven't said much. They've stayed pretty quiet. Aside from renouncing Ralph and his religious weirdo friends and saying that Joan was never religious before she met Ralph. The amount of rage I feel for Joan's family. Yeah, I know. So, look, botched exorcisms are actually such an upsetting rabbit hole to fall down. Yeah. And I did. It's essentially just torture. It's just torture, but it's guided by, like, stupidity and delusion. And there's been a few of them. There's even... um, I've heard about that New Zealand one. When was that? I don't know when it was, but um, Red Handed covered it. 
Yeah. Well, there was one in Australia in 2009. A kid had an exorcism performed on him by adults at a church camp after complaining of a stomach ache. He was okay and he recovered, okay physically um, and recovered. But yeah, 2009, that happened in Australia. So it's still happening. Yeah. Even after people have died and even with like modern awareness of mental health issues and physical issues, a stomach ache. But anyway, that is the story of Joan Vollmer and her exorcism that led to her death or her, I don't know if I even want to call it an exorcism. No, no, it's not an exorcism. There's no such thing. It's a murder. Yeah. It was her murder. That that is so fucked up. Yeah. I know. It's an upsetting one. Uh, Thanks, Tim. Anyway, um, when I started researching, thanks Tim. Yeah, when bitch. I when I started researching it, Tim was like, "Have a drink ready for the ending." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're both upset now. It's fine. All right, thank, thank you. you for listening. They've been upsetting episodes. Yeah, they've been angering episodes. I'm sure everyone else is feeling the same way. I might try and do a fun one for my next one, just to mix it up a bit. So the next one that I'm doing, yeah, which is the next one that is airing, yeah. is Kathleen Folbig. Fucking hell. You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, timely and timely. extremely interesting. Also, the, the our, listeners are, our listeners are asking for it. And look, if you're tuning into this podcast, it's not for a good time. It's for a, it's for a bad time. It's for a bad time, yeah. You we're love he, it. We're here for a short time and a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here for a long time, but I'm here for a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's finish it. Bye. Let's, bye. <laughs>